Welcome to Scientific Healing with Dr. Anastasia Chopoulos. Scientific Healing, a fusion of modern science and ancient healing arts, empowers you to take charge of your life to get healthy no matter what your doctor says. Discover how you can manage your own energy to improve your health, vitality, and prosperity from Anastasia and her guests. Are you ready to live your best and most energized life ever? Here's your host, Dr. Anastasia Chopoulos. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Scientific Healing Radio, and I'm your host, Dr. Anastasia Chopoulos. I know the power of vibrational healing by combining physics with ancient healing arts to develop my own system that's been responsible for hundreds and hundreds of medical miracles. If you are a healer or a coach, join me for my five days successful healers challenge to discover the five steps you must take to, before you connect with your new potential high paying clients. Go to scientifichealer.com forward slash success. I have watched hundreds and hundreds of people go into careers they don't like or that someone else wanted for them because it was a sensible thing to do, right? And I taught at universities and research institutes for 40 years, and I saw what it did to people firsthand. And I had had many of them come through my programs at, you know, 35 and 40 years old because they were in a, a career they didn't like. And I even did this to myself. Right after I graduated with my doctorate, I took the advice of my thesis advisor who told me he saw me in a um, private industry. He did not see me in research and that that's the thing that I should do. And it baffles me a little bit given our relationship, but what happened, um, but, but he did that, he made that suggestion anyway. And I took his advice and I remember how crippling it was for me. I felt like I died inside, but this show's not about me. It's about what you can do in such a situation. And I'm excited to be talking to my fabulous co-host, Gwen Lippert. Hi, Gwen. Hey, Anastasia. It's, it's really, uh, really, really awesome to see you and uh, to, to do this show and in, in this new format and Boy, I can certainly relate to taking other people's advice and doing things that weren't right for me. I know, like a lot of people say, my mom wants me to be a doctor or a lawyer or my dad, and I really hate that, and I don't want to do that. And, you know, as a professor, I was more as much a counselor as I was um, as I was a teacher. You know, I had I talked to them, so I remember how that. You know, and when I was doing the teaching at that point, I was doing stuff I loved. I was out of the the um, private industry and the crippling. But uh, I will talk about how that changed for me. So I'm I'm here to to remind. I I just like right here. I want to remind our listeners that our show last month was about the factors of success and having a satisfying career is factor number two. Yes. <laughs> So important. Yes, and I and also want to remind everybody that that I on my blog in my blog at scientifichealer.com forward slash blog, I wrote the ultimate guide to health, wealth, and relationships, and it's got everything in there. And I just posted it and it's rather lengthy, but broken down into bite-sized chunks. And you can find it at at the blog or ultimate-guide-health. So that's scientifichealer.com um, slash ultimate dash guide dash to dash health. Exactly. Or just go to scientifichealer.com forward slash blog. And it's the first, it'll be the first post at least for a little while, but you'll find it. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, and so, you know, the thing about this post, it's not just me or some scientific theory. It's actually real live examples that come from uh, 70 years to 80 years of research at top universities, medical schools around the world where they've discovered what is really important for us to feel great. And, and we talked about relationships a number of times already, right? Absolutely. But number two is your career. So, mm. yeah. And I love how you do research and how, you know, all of, you, all of the things that you do 
to help people heal and help healers heal themselves so that they can heal others is based in research and in science. Exactly. And, um, you know, when I heal people, it's I don't just uh, do magic woo-woo stuff, but I also counsel them and try to remind them, okay, let's go back to where you were happy, what was going on then, like, you know, really bring them in and raise their state, because your state, you know, I always talk about raising your frequency, your state is really important. So while we're listening, why doesn't everybody just sit up straight, pull their shoulders back a little bit and put a smile on your face. You know, we have this two way conversation with our body and our emotions, right? So when we smile, right, when we smile, we feel way better. Absolutely. And I, I know that I get that a lot. And I'm sure you do too. When you're out, people always say, you're always smiling. <laughs> like, well, you didn't see me at home earlier. <laughs> I, I, I think it's kind of unexpected about your career choice. You know, how you perceive your work environment is more important than the mental, emotional and physical health. So would you say some more about that? I mean, I'm, it's, I feel so much better now that I'm sitting up and smiling. <laughs> I know. It's like instant, right? That. <laughs> yeah, I, I discovered recently that actually the shoulder pain that I was having was because I was all crunched forward from being on the computer. And if I just constantly remind myself to shoulders, you know, back, back and down, the shoulder pain has gone away. Yeah. So, so, so let's just there. tell everybody why that's so important. Yes. So the back, when you're curled over like this, yes. your body perceives like the smile means that your body is thinking, your emotions are thinking, oh, I'm happy now, mm -hmm. right? When you're crunched over, this is a defensive posture. And when you're in defense mode, your adrenal glands are firing. And oh, I feel that. Yeah, your adrenal glands will fire. You know, we're just a couple of really sensitive people. We feel everything on our bodies. Yeah. We also feel everybody else's bodies. <laughs> it's true. It's a challenge for our relationships. <laughs> <laughs> it is. So, so your adrenals will start firing. And when they start firing, your body goes into teardown mode instead of healing mode. So by, and, and we know this from research, there are actual research that when you stand up straight and get fully aligned, it raises your frequency really quickly. Your adrenals start to go dormant. And within two minutes, you drop your cortisol by 20%. That's a huge amount. They say two that it takes 20%? two minutes, 20%. They say, some people wow. say it takes a lot longer to, to lose that, but two minutes, 20%. And, um, and some people say it takes weeks to dissipate the excess cortisol. It doesn't. It just putting yourself into a happy, upright state, even going into Superman pose by putting your hands on your hips and your feet, your feet shoulder width apart, um, or Wonder Woman. You see, always see the superheroes like this because they feel strong, right? Yeah, it feels really, really strong. It's amazing yes. what a difference it makes, or just going into <laughs> yeah. our physiology, yeah. Right. So when we go back to a career choice, it has to align with your inner values. And you also have to be in an environment that's not so toxic to you. And some people that have made millions and millions of dollars, they lose it all because the, uh, their goal was only to make a million dollars and they didn't have an inner motivation or they didn't have, it wasn't aligned with their, with their inner, inner values. Right. And so they'll lose it and they'll keep losing it until there's that big why. Like for me, my big why is I only need so much to live on. I live pretty modestly and I don't want it bigger than that. I don't want big grandiose home that's like really, you know, incredibly expensive to maintain and uh, you lose yourself and your things in it. I had a, a 4,000, 4,400 square foot house in Las Vegas, and I could never find anything. And it was not to one up or anything. My place in Montana was 5,400. <laughs> <laughs> it was mostly a recording studio, and it was mostly my former husband's. So yes. I had a little teeny house that I probably would have been just fine, I had an extra bathroom maybe a sauna to it. Yeah. So, right. So where my big motivation is all the, the good I could do with that money. Yes. Like I could help yes. people in big ways. I could donate it to causes that are really important to me. 
I already donate to causes that are important to me. And I feel like if I have the ability to do this, to also what it is I do while I, while I'm, you know, bringing in that kind of money is to teach other people um, how to have a better life and also to teach healers how to have a better you know, healers and coaches how to have a better practice so they can sustain themselves and help more people. So it's like the ripple effect, right? Yeah, that's beautiful. I, I, I know that we were just talking earlier about um, that I finally found my why and my line in the, in the sand because I didn't have children. And, and that, you know, that motivating factor is seeing the, the headstone, you know, the grave um, being full of my riches instead of the world having, having what I'm here to, to share. And the thought of dying with my magic and my language and and my dreams inside of me was it oh, was that really just gave me goosebumps. <laughs> I know I'm I've got chills all over my body. So I, and it's really important to have a why and and I've been floundering for so long because I didn't have one. I just kept trying one thing after another, and I I really know that now between the work that we've done together and and finding some a, a good team to help me go forward that that my message is going to get out there. The language is going to get out there. The things that, you know, that you've shared that, that I'm the person for people to hear it from, it's going to happen. And, yes. And you know, I, yeah. and I'm like, you know, there are some, some healers, the old kind of guard, the old school healers, they uh, act like we're their competition, but there is no competition. Collaboration. Right. It's collaboration. Do you know, there's almost a million doctors in this country do you think they're sitting there going, oh, uh, I, that doctor is competing with me? No, they all have plenty to do. And many doctors, yeah. you know, you go to try and book an appointment with them. It takes like months to get in, it does, <clears throat> especially yeah. the really good ones, the counselors, the really good surgeons, the really good, you know, endocrinologists. It just takes right. months and months to get there. And there, so there really isn't a competition and I'm sure that there are far fewer than a million healers in this country, right? I would and, guess, yeah. And everybody really needs to be empowered to heal themselves because we all have the ability to do it. It's, it's true. And when we're really stuck in our stuff, it's tough. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, but I, and, and I know that we could go off on that for a long time, but let's bring it back to the, how did you change your career around when you were feeling depressed and dead inside? Oh man, I, you know, I was earning a really good salary for that time. This was in the early eighties and I had just graduated with my doctorate and um, I was going into this fairly lucrative job and they kept raising my salary really fast because they saw me as potential management, uh, you know, because of the way I dealt with people. And I actually had a, a, one of the biggest labs in the whole place. You know, we were running all these hundred different analyses for this oil company. And I kept thinking, so why am I so dead? Because I just kept repeating the same things over and over. And what would make me happy? Well, that would be changing the procedures and making it better and also bringing in research. And the only way that, because I love to play with instruments and I know that that was the thing. So I started thinking of ways to actually get my hands in there because they told me that I couldn't go in the lab unless I was doing research. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I thought of ways to do research, <laughs> right? And so um, we had an instrument budget every year, uh, you know, in this, in this company. I worked for Chevron, and we had this instrument budget every year. And one year, uh, everybody was complaining they didn't want to give up their budget, and they needed to. And I just said, okay, just take my whole budget. <laughs> so so they, they took my whole budget, and at the end of the year, they had a bunch of leftover money, and they gave me like three times what I originally had in my budget back because oh I was the only adult in my whole, whole group giving it up. So I got wow. to buy a brand new research instrument, high level research instrument that they never had at this company. So I, that was the thing that I was starting to do. And so that was really exciting for me. And that really brought me back. So whatever job you've got, so this is the clue, whatever job you've got going is that you can 
recast it and reform it. You think that your boss is telling you all the things to do. And I'm here telling you as a boss, when somebody comes to me with something that'll keep them going and will make the whatever I'm doing look good to the, the bosses above, like we were in a multi-layered company, right? Okay. Yeah. And so if uh, what I got, what I discovered is that I would tell my boss what I was doing that week and he would go, okay, fine. So I got to di dictate what it was I was going to be doing rather than him dictating it to me. And remember, I'm a female in this completely male environment. And so I just started realizing that bosses like to be told, you know, what, what about if I do this? You know, this is how it's going to benefit whatever is around. Right. But making sure they know about the benefit. So if there are people out there that are, are disillusioned and disappointed like you were in your career, and even if they're lucrative, um, you're recommending that they go ahead and change it around. So Yeah, or do, or just like what I did was I sat down and I made a list of all the things I liked and all the things I didn't like. And then I thought, how can I let go of the things I don't like and do the things I like? And remember, I was like 30 years old when this happened. So I don't know where I got that idea. I just knew that I didn't want to give up that really nice income mm -hmm. because I lived in Los Angeles and back at that time, our interest rates were like 12 and 13% for, for variable mortgages. So it was expensive to live here. Like right. I don't pay much more mortgage now um, on a much more expensive house than I did back then in terms of actual dollar amount per month okay. because because our interest rates were like like our, now I have four percent oh yeah that's yeah <laughs> right and yeah. back then back yeah. then I had like 13 so whatever your mortgage is right so you can right. you can figure it out that it was a lot more expensive like three times the cost in interest so so that that um, that made a big difference to to me to be able to mold it into something I liked, <laughs> and um, and how would somebody else do that? I mean, this. Um, well, you know, so there are personality tests like Myers Briggs tests. There are um, things like the DISC profile D I S C. And you can look that up. You can get a free one for not that much money, you know, for, for a few questions. And it'll give you a good idea. Like, you know, D is the person that's got the ideas and is dominant. There are some people that are more, they're like the people that cross all the T's and dot all the I's. They're the more systematic types. And when I was in research, it took all kinds Right. It takes a systematic type to run an experiment over and over and over again on different materials so we can actually know something about all these materials and, and be able to understand what, what our earth or whatever world is made out of. And then there's the people with the fresh ideas that come through and are always popping with ideas and they're quick decision makers and things like that. So it takes all kinds. And just like in a company, it takes all kinds. So once you recognize that you're doing something you don't like and it's not suited to your personality, you can sit down and make a really methodical list of all of those things and, um, and, start, and start remolding it. Now there's... a uh, and another thing, um, <clears throat> so there's a, a few other things that you can do. And the other thing that we're going to talk about after the break is about what you do with a toxic environment and the toxic people around you, right? Yes. And ha have you ever had a job, Gwen? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've had lots of jobs. I, I did food and beverage. I did everything in food and beverage um, except for cook. Wow. Mid, middle, um, middle management to being a busser. Yeah, sure. And you also, you also hosted a radio show for a while, right? I did. Yeah. Well, that was, that wasn't working a job. I, I did radio. I did radio for nine years, actually. So I, I worked for people that told me what to say and when to say it and how to say it and what music I could play. Yeah. I've worked, yep. I, yeah. <laughs> so finding, yeah, finding what you like about that particular assembly line everybody thinks that radio is so glamorous 
it's an assembly line, but what you move is music and information, unless you happen to work at a really awesome radio station like I did um, in Bend, Oregon. And at the time, I actually got to pick the music. We had a wheel, but we still got to choose the music, and that was so much fun. It was, it was. Yeah, and you got, and plus, and plus a lot of it is like chit chat to keep people like interested and alive and, you know, yeah. if they're driving in the car so they don't fall asleep. <laughs> yes, well, yeah, or the, yeah, playing the music that they're, you're told to play, but. Yeah, and now, nowadays I can run my own radio show and, um, and you run yours. And thank you so much for letting me be your co-host. Oh, I love having you here. So, so then what happened, what I got lucky, I, I stayed in industry jobs for about five years. And then what happened, my husband at the time got this tremendous offer to go and develop his own research group in Germany and he asked me to join him mm. and they were the the German Institute was the Max Planck Institute for Chemistry the German Institute was very skeptical until I sent them my resume and then they realized that I was okay because I had this master's from Caltech and this doctorate from PA, from UCLA. And um, so I fit all the qualifications and we built a research lab together and that was fun. We got like 1.2 million marks to start with, which is about a little more than half a million dollars. And back in 86, that was like a half a million dollars was a lot of money. And we built a whole research lab from the ground up. So I was shopping and shopping and shopping. Shopping things you love. Yes. And within a year, we were on the map. And, you know, everybody knew that there was a new research lab in Germany. And um, so... Um, after the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about the questions you can ask yourself. And, uh, you know, I'll mention those online assessments so you can understand yourself better. I even did an online uh, IQ test out of curiosity. So, <laughs> so you can, yeah, you can find them anywhere. You know, I just, somebody says, oh, well, you know, test your IQ. So I did. And I go, oh, well, okay, now I get it. <laughs> <laughs> because what they do is they did a fine divide into what your analytical skills were, what your reading skills were, you know, so it helps you understand where your high points are. And I found that like really important and really good. Yeah, fa- fascinating. I've, I've done some of the tests as well. I, I don't remember them all at the moment, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just kept doing tests because I got a better view of what was going on inside me, you know, how I chose yeah. things. Yeah, so I'd be really interesting, interested after the break to hear more about the online assessments. Yeah. Definitely. I want to remind all of our listeners, you're listening to Scientific Healing with Dr. Anastasia Chopolis, and today my fabulous guest host is Gwen. And when we return after the break, we'll dive deeper into scientific healing and how it can work for you. Hello, this is Dr. Anastasia Chopolis. Business owners, CEOs, and other C-level suite professionals hire me so they can stay healthy and function at optimal levels. Now, healers and business owners such as coaches that work intuitively and are empathic hire me to build their six-figure practices. In my programs, we do this energetically and with sound business principles. You know, the old ways of marketing and selling simply don't work with empathic, intuitive individuals. Things like um, pointing out the pain points and uh, turning up the pain, it's just simply out of alignment with the way we operate. So you're probably wondering, what is it that we do now instead to attract our ideal client to us? I have four steps that work really well. These are my top tips. One, clean up your intentions towards your prospective client. The first thing is that if you are in need or lack, it's like wearing a repellent around you. People will think that you are wanting them only for their money. When you are in abundance and generosity, they will be magnetically attracted to you. Tip number two, Clean your language up. What happens too often is that we get so excited about what we're talking about that we use industry buzzwords. 
things like high-density lipoprotein, for example, or uh, the lifeline on the palm if you're a palm reader, or if you are a healer, people will use things like aura and chakra. This instantly cuts the communication and doesn't allow you to build that deep level of trust and that deep bond with your prospective ideal client. Number three is to clean out your own energetic, um, emotional, and relationship baggage. That will also act as a repellent if you're operating from a place of anger or disappointment or jealousy. You will um, have trouble attracting ideal clients. I did this with uh, one of my clients who had not been able to attract new clients for six months. And I did this, cleaned up her energetic space, and in a matter of four hours, she booked six new clients. That was miraculous for her, and it saved her practice. Number four, and that is step into your own value. Understand what you have to offer someone else and how valuable it is. That will allow you to charge appropriately, and the universe answers by being able to um, create that flow of energy that happens between you and your prospective client. And the final tip is to get off that income roller coaster. That income roller coaster keeps you feeling depleted and it draws your energy down. And getting off that income roller coaster, one quick tip is to be able to develop programs instead of sessions with your clients. These are my top tips for developing a successful practice. When you are ready to develop a six-figure practice, sign up by going to scientifichealer.com forward slash success, S-U-C-C-E-S-S. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Scientific Healing with Dr. Anastasia Chopoulos. You can discover more about scientific healing and the deceptively simple processes for opening up your intuition and inner guidance system. Go to scientifichealer.com to connect with me to find out about the programs that could work for you. Before the break, we were talking with my guest host, Gwen Leppard, about a satisfying career. Let's continue this conversation. Yes, definitely, Anastasia. We talked at length about ways that you can make your own current career workable and satisfying, even if you know, you're, you're really miserable in it. <laughs> you can shift that around, especially if it's one of those lucrative jobs. And it doesn't mean you have to quit to feel better about your job. Exactly. Although some toxic environments make it really hard. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. And this was a client who was making well over six figures. She was working from home but she had what she called the supervisor from hell. So that supervisor was a micromanager and was always bugging her. And this isn't like some young woman. This is a woman in her early 60s who, who had, uh, you know, was very established in her career. She was making really good money. And she did not know how this was going to continue like this because she was very upset over this particular job and this particular supervisor. So she, uh, I was on a radio show that aired in Seattle and she was in Seattle and she called me like the phone rang 20 seconds after I hung up from, from the call wow. <laughs> the, right from the show. Cause I did it via phone and I picked up the phone and she said she heard me on the radio and she wanted to work with me. And you know, she had a, a whole bunch of issues and so I set her up with a three month program and I did, and then we expanded it a little, you know, I just said, okay, it works better longer term. So I expanded it a, a little bit and, um, and I asked, I checked in with her often and one by one, the issues got taken care of her health issues and everything like that. And then she said, because of all of the things, like I mentioned in the ultimate guide, all of these things make us it raises our frequency and you know we send these waves out to other people when you're happy people are receiving that you're happy and it cheers them up and you don't even have to be smiling outside people will still smile i could be walking along not smiling and people will smile at me because they're feeling that really good vibe from me and i even have <laughs> people 
when they when I sit down next to them at like a networking meeting, they'll do the same thing. They'll call me up like two weeks later. I don't know what you did to me, but I feel really great this month. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I didn't do anything. She just sat next to me, right? So right. we're we're sending you know, we absorb this energy, we can clean that up, and then we yeah. send out our own main frequency. And so in her interactions with this, a micromanager from hell, as she described it, um, it, it started, that relationship started to shift until the last time I talked to her, which was just a couple, three weeks ago, she said that that particular supervisor wrote her a glowing recommendation to the higher ups in her company. And uh, they were getting along really well. And I said, so you can see yourself working in this job until you retire. She goes, oh, absolutely. And beyond. Because it was like super duper comfortable for her to, she only had to go into, you know, meetings every, you know, every few days. And she did most of the work at home. So it was a very, very easy job. So That's that, awesome. right? So clear, yeah, just clearing up that relationship with the boss. Again, yeah. first factor that can make a difference, clearing up the relationship baggage and yeah. just like you were saying, by a variety of techniques and you 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 teach a lot of those techniques oh absolutely and whether I work with you privately or whether you join one of my group programs or even learn the the principles of success that I you know that that I talk about in my long blog post whether when you learn those I mean all of these things can make a huge difference so you can transform the environment but some times what you're doing like you know some people don't find selling insurance very satisfying it just doesn't fulfill them some way and so now <clears throat> once you clear up all the toxicity with people which can be done with like you said relationship clearings can be done with you know even developing a new hobby like singing or dancing like you do or painting like i do and um, when you develop those new hobbies of expressing the real you like these are the ways that i express myself the way you express your the real you like i talked about in my my um facebook live broadcast um last week so so by cleaning that up, you can also clean up that toxicity from around you. But let's say you don't want to wait tables or you don't want to do those things the rest of your life. Now the, the task is up to you, like what do you want to do? So that's where doing those things that are really fulfilling to you and discovering who you are inside, whether you do assessments or you know, work with a healer, with work with me, work with Gwen, work with other other healers that are really um, talented at, you know, stripping off all the stuff that's not you. Like I describe healing as stripping everything away that's not you, releasing all of the old emotional baggage, releasing all of the old um, yeah. relationship baggage, allowing the real you to shine through. Um, you know, getting in touch with your spiritual self, getting in touch with your sexuality and practicing good health habits, all of those things, you strip off all of that baggage that you came with or that you got during your lifetime, you know, lessons that you had to learn in childhood, lessons that you had to learn in really difficult relationships. Once you strip all that off and shine out the real you, it makes you a lot more attractive. So you won't be in such a toxic environment, but some environments are toxic and you just simply have to change your job. Right. And then also discovering what you want to do, like you want to feel valued in a certain way. So, you know, going into business, for example, like, you know, Gwen and I both have our own businesses yeah. and going into business, that's a whole new skill set. It certainly is. Right. And, and it's not something to do alone either. I, no. I know that there are plenty of entrepreneurs that do, and you, you have to have a team. You have to have people you can depend on that can take care of things that you're not good at. Yes. Um, yeah, there are a lot of people that aren't that, uh, and they are hesitant to hire people, like yeah. hiring an assistant if you need one. 
Like I got lucky I married mine. <laughs> and he does he does all of the ticky geeky work that I used right. to do. So I ended up spending so much time doing it. So now he does it for me and he does it more efficiently and he's happy to do it where I was just doing it because I had to. Right. right. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually had a job or uh, a business that um, I was doing with someone that because I was helping him out, I went back to doing the things that the geeky and techie stuff and web stuff and all the stuff that I didn't enjoy because I wanted to help him with his dream. And instead I crushed my own. And it, it, when it was actually the first relationship clearing that we did when you and I were working together um, in, in the group course, and you said, pick somebody, and I'm going back and forth between my husband and my business partner, recognizing that they both had the same control energy and, and. Yeah. And that I, just releasing that. I, did. I released that. And the next day he listened to me because I decided to do the business partner. And the next day he listened to me. And I, you know, since then I've just been going forward using it with clients. It's just, so amazing, but just yeah. clearing the energy. Right. And uh, so, and so I had this case, the guy wasn't sick. He was in his late 40s, early 50s, really handsome, very sweet guy. His name, let's just call him Joe. And he was really, really floundering because he had so many decisions in his life and they were basically immobilizing him. He didn't know whether he should go forward. He, um, he had a marriage and discovered, and discovered that his, his wife was actually a lesbian. So they, they split up very amicably. They arranged a really, their kids were teenagers. So they arranged a really good shared custody with the kids so they would get to see them equally. So that wasn't a problem, but he developed a new relationship with somebody who wasn't. And, um, and so he was like all caught. She decided that when he was living on the East Coast and this woman that he had this relationship with um, decided to move to the West Coast and kept telling him to, to move with, with him and with her and be on the, the West Coast. But then that meant he wouldn't be able to see his children. That meant that his company that he had, it was in real estate, the company that he had, that he would have had to drop everything and lose everything. Um, and he wanted to sell it, but he wanted to make sure that his employees were well taken care of. I mean, it was like a total headache for him. And he really didn't want to have his old company anymore. So, yeah. so he came to me basically for some sort of guidance. And what I did was just cleared all those old relationships out. And then when I got to talking to him about the current relationship that he wanted to keep, and I, I just simply asked him, I said, what are you getting out of the relationship? And he says, well, I'm helping her. And I said, okay, well, what is she doing for you? Right. <laughs> and, and he goes, huh? And I said, I said, she just picked up without without even consulting you, she just decided to move 3000 miles away and then is telling you to follow her, but that's not what you want. So she's not even considering your, you know, what, what makes you happy and what made him happy was to be with his children and to be, you know, still on the East coast because he was an East coast person all the way. And then he also realized that he didn't want to, um, stay in his old business. So he was caught up between career and relationships and it was all murky. And he had been like this for six months. And in the course of three weeks, as we worked together, we had three, basically three sessions. We worked together for two months. In the course of three weeks, he made all the decisions and he was really comfortable with them. And he decided to stay on the East coast. He moved a little further South than where he was. He stayed on the East coast he started a new business. He collaborated with other real estate people and they made a really great package together. And um, he sold his company and he made sure that all of his employees were comfortable, which was a really big concern with him. And he bought a house and a place that he loves and he's just like totally happy. And I just saw him a few months ago. This was, I worked with him like three years ago. I just saw him a few months ago and he was the most happy and content. I mean, before it was total misery and um, doing something he didn't want to do. What he wanted to do was to teach people 
to teach as many people as he could the things that he learned in doing real estate so they could do real estate themselves and be financially independent. And that's what gave him the most satisfaction. And he couldn't do it in the job that he had, or at least the business that he had. So uh, he was like all upside down and torn in 10 different ways. And everything got to a really calm place in a very short amount of time. So anybody that's suffering a long time with those things, I mean, that can make you really miserable. And it can make you sick. And I said, I'm glad you came to me before you were, <laughs> before yeah, you were you sick. Must have a, right? really, a really strong immune system because there's definitely people out there that are sick because of the conflict in their life. I've Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. So what, what questions can people ask themselves when, you know, they need to grapple with questions about, you know, your career and, and are you doing the right things? Like, like Joe, you know, had all these questions. What, what questions do you suggest? Well, so something you could sit and you can even journal with, like, that's how I solved a lot of problems. I have like, I don't know, several feet of journals of eight and a half by 11 journals. And so I used to journal a lot. I don't do it as much anymore because uh, I've gotten so used to the process that I could do it actually mentally. And I do it while I'm doing a meditation. So the first question is, is your career fulfilling and satisfying? Or is it something that you drag yourself to every day just to pay your bills? And that will consume you, actually, when, you, when it's just something that you drag yourself to. And <clears throat> do you go into work dreading how each day seems? Or do your days whiz by? Like, do you go, does it go really slowly? Like, are you looking at the clock every five minutes? My, my ex-husband told me that when, when he was um, in high school in Germany, he was a German, when he was in high school in Germany, you could either go the college route or you could go the apprenticeship route. And so his, because his family were a bunch of hand workers. So my ex-husband's family decided that uh, because they were hand workers that he was going to become a hand worker. So he was going in and he said one of the things they had to do was saw things and they would have to saw things for hours. And he started looking at the clock at every five minutes. And after a week of this, his, uh, the school, the headmaster of his former school kept telling, asking his dad, won't you let him go the college route because he's so bright. And finally he did. And he said it was like this huge relief to go back into academia and do something that he really loved doing. And he became a top-notch researcher. He still is. That's so, right. So you want, you want to be able to have that joy in what it is that you're doing. And if you can't have that joy in what you're doing, then think about the joy that you would have in, in being able to earn enough money to live well on which is what I did is I turned my job around and turned it around. And then well, and, and eventually you got to where now you're doing exactly what you love to do. Well, I, I did as a researcher too. I did. All I right. loved it until I didn't. And then when I didn't, I knew I had to do something else. <laughs> and right. it's kind of like, it's kind of like my life was sort of planned out. And in each stage I learned this and I learned that and I got sick and I had difficult relationships. Yeah. So then I, the whole sequence laid out um, right. as if I had to learn all those things because of my ridiculous curiosity. Like I had to know how it worked and I had to know how to fix it because I'm I a scientist. That's a great thing. Yeah. Well, it's cause it's cause and effect to me. Like, okay. They would like, I had a big tumor and they kept saying, we don't know what caused it. And I just said, well, it got there. So something must've caused it. Right. Like we're not designed to be sick. We're designed to be healthy. If you scratch yourself and it, it bleeds, it heals. So getting a tumor is not a good thing <laughs> because it ta starts taking up space in your, in your abdomen. Like I just kept growing and I looked five months pregnant. So you know, and <laughs> I don't, I don't remember this part of your story. I knew that you, but I didn't realize that there was a tumor. Wow. I mean, this yes. <laughs> yes. So one tumor was removed. They were benign. One tumor was removed. And the second one I was able to shrink away because the one tumor was 10 centimeters. So it was like this. 
Yeah, it was 10 centimeters. It's like four inches across, right? Yeah. And then the last is, are you feeling like you're making a contribution in the world? Or are you just marking time? Like we all need to feel like we're contributing in some way. Right. Like whether it's contributing to your family or contributing con to your community or something like we all need to feel like that. Yeah. Those are good questions to ask yourself. Definitely. Yeah. And so again, those assessments and they'll be in the, the information in the blog post that I'm creating with this is the disc assessment and I'll put links there. Okay. Most of these are free. The Myers Briggs personality test it will tell you what your strengths and weaknesses are. Like I'm, <clears throat> when I first tested it, I was an INFJ and INFJ, funny thing is that's a healer type, the counselor type, the mystic, right? So, right. And I didn't know that when I first took it. And then when um, I took that and everybody around me says, oh, that makes total sense. And then the last is a fascination profile. Oh, yeah, so, I, I did that. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, it tells you it tells you what your primary strength and, you know, it's like, you know, your primary strength and your secondary strength. And then what's the opposite? So for me being organized is like the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the person that's least likely to cross my Ts and dot all my Is, even okay. though people say, you're a scientist, how could you be the opposite? I go, yeah, I understand the phenomenon, but I'm not the one that's going to be making sure that all my tables are perfect. That's why we have proofreaders kind of thing. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> right? So yeah, those are some really good resources. That's I'll be checking those out and doing that that, that again. I, I remember doing those in the past, but can they change over time? I mean, that's a question. You know, it's like I've I've changed a lot, and and but is your core still the same? Would well, um, I've taken the fascination test a number of times, and they always come up with the same three. There's okay. like eight, and they come up with the same three, and the primary is always the same. And the, the primary is always something about being like really creative. Like I don't, I think outside the box. Right. And that, that's always the primary. <clears throat> and then the secondary will change from one thing to another. But I, I've also taken the Myers-Briggs a few times. And, um, you know, as you age, things start to shift. We become more well-rounded. And I am not so much, I'm on the, kind of on the cusp of being extroverted, introverted, and also on the cusp of being um, judgmental or uh, what's the other one, perceptive. But my inner two, which is uh, being intuitive or being sensing, I'm always highly intuitive and I'm always highly feeling. So those, the core, the inner two, they give you four, four letters, the inner two are your core being. So those will stay the same. And so knowing that I'm highly sensitive feeling and I'm highly intuitive really puts me right in the alley of where I should be. I mean, even as a scientist, being very intuitive is very helpful, but being feeling isn't. <laughs> That's okay. It's better to be more thinking than feeling because then you yeah. don't get like <laughs> immobilized by feeling too much, which has happened. <laughs> yeah. And then you can clear feelings as well. <laughs> there, are, there, are, there are techniques that really are helpful with that. You, you, I definitely would like you to share with us about your five day successful healers challenge. Right. So I call what it that. It so it's for healers and coaches that want to help other people. And what I have found, and the reason why I decided to do this, is what I have found is that a lot of people don't know um, that when you, before you connect with anybody, like before I did this show, the reason why I started this show four and a half something years ago was because I wanted to give people hope. And that was my primary motivation. And so when people listen to it, they know that that's the message. And... Um, but when you connect with it, think when you connect with a potential client and you're thinking, I really need this client because I need to pay my bills, they get the message, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, right. And, and I've had, uh, you know, really wonderful clients 
tell me I've had a hundred enrollment conversations, but I've only gotten one person to enroll and then they, they decided to back out. And as soon as you get into that worried lack need space, that's right. when people will just turn off and not want to connect with you. And, and so, um, you know, so there's intention. There's also being able to connect with them with the right words, with the right way and all that. There's also all of your emotional and relationship baggage that can get in the way. So there's that. And the next thing is that healers, a lot of them just don't charge what their services are worth. Remember, I'll never say what you're worth because if you say that, that means that you're worth a finite amount and we're not. We are infinitely powerful and infinitely valuable, especially to all of those around you, like in your matrix of people that you know, right? And then, and I, I want to just stop you there for a moment because what you just said was so powerful. And I think that every healer that is struggling needs to hear that. Yes. So let's repeat it. Thank you. you always only. You, people do not charge what their services are worth. You never charge what you're worth because there's no one that can pay for it or afford it because you are infinitely valuable. So we need to separate what your services are versus what you're worth. <clears throat> and that's, that's a really profound statement. It sounds simple, but it's very profound. It has a very deep meaning. And the, the other thing is that you know, I hear them charging $50 an hour for, for work. And that's not how healing works. Like if somebody asks me, will you do a session with me? I usually say no. I only do programs. That's because dieting for one day does not get you to your ideal weight. Eating healthy for one day does not turn your sickness around. It's consistent, persistent things and habits and I can't teach everything that you need to know and I can't change all the energy fields in your body in one day because you would not survive it first of all it would be so profound your body would go into shock and the and so by teaching people how to put things into programs and also how to um, charge appropriately for their programs it really helps with the longevity. You don't, you're not always on the, the hamster wheel for getting income. And the, uh, and the last thing is how to, to even out your income so you're not chasing everybody and getting referrals. It's really important. And so this five-day success challenge brings you through that. And I call it the Healer Success Challenge because that's who I'd like to really help so we can spread healing through the world. And um, I do it live once a month, but in between, um, in between those, you can um, go back and listen to the recordings uh, that I did for the for that and participate in it. And I'm always available to answer questions. So you can sign up by going to scientifichealer.com forward slash success, S-U-C-C-E-S-S. So healer.com forward slash success. Right. So that's the end of our broadcast for today. This was an experiment to do a video, but I think it was a lot more fun, right? It was. It's so <laughs> wonderful to see you. I know. It's awesome, right? Yeah. So thank you for listening to Scientific Healing and for our wonderful guest host, Gwen Leppard. Mm -hmm. Let's you and I connect. Go to scientifichealer.com to download a powerful Wake Up Your Brain audio. This is Dr. Anastasia Chopolis. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Scientific Healing with Dr. Anastasia Chopolis. Join us again next week for more expert guidance and practical tools to energize your life. Now take a deep breath and release it slowly before you go about your day.